Welcome back, everyone, to Point of Sale, the show where we break down great retailers and, of course, the data and technology that move their supply chains. Of course, this is a community, everyone. We're not just the, the best podcast or visual podcast you've ever seen. No, no, no. We're much more than that. We are a community of wonderful retail tech uh, gurus, nerds, etc., freight nerds. We all, we all love those titles. So go ahead and head to FreightWaves.com slash POS and sign up for our weekly newsletter. So you can, of course, get that in your inbox every Monday. And then make sure that you head over to YouTube, subscribe to our FreightWaves YouTube page so that you get updates when we have new episodes on or wherever you're listening to podcasts as well, whether it's Spotify, Apple, head that way. Make sure you, again, subscribe to those uh, podcast links so that you can get updates when new episodes are out as well. Now, Today, uh, we're going to mix a couple of past episodes and themes together because, well, they're they're all what retail is talking about these days. We, we're going to cover some retail news in particular, three big areas, and then we'll dive into, well, uh, yeah, you guessed it, some Walmart news. Uh, there's the big Walmart uh, stock pushes this past week. We're going to talk about exactly why that push is happening. But first especially for our ladies out there. You know what, boys too, because who doesn't love Ken? We're talking about Mattel. Yes, that good old Barbie movie is on its way, I believe, next weekend. It's going to be hitting theaters. Uh, I will say I'm, I'm going to go see Oppenheimer first. I will say that. But I will get my uh, my butt back to the theater to see uh, Barbie maybe in the same day. We'll see how that goes. And I'm, I'm really excited for it, but even more excited for Mattel as a whole. Now, I want to take a step back and talk about really Mattel's overall IP strategy that they started in the last couple of years. Now, you're probably thinking, okay, well, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, by IP, we mean intellectual property and what they're doing to make money and revenue off of that. And outside of just creating toys. Now, some perfect examples of this are two big competitors of Mattel, Lego and Hasbro. And what do these two companies have in common? And what exactly Mattel is doing in a week from now? Movies. On the Lego side, I mean, come on. We've got uh, Lego Star Wars. We've got all the Lego movies, Chris Pratt. and the all. Lego movies are great. I love I've seen all of them. Uh, they're one of those movies, right, that you can watch with your parents, with your kids, with your niece and nephews, any age, and they're hilarious. Uh, and then you got Hasbro, which you're going to be thinking, well, Hasbro at Transformers, of course, come on, uh, which just added a recent new movie as well. So Hasbro has been in the films for a while now. And they actually have the licensing rights to make Disney toys too. So every time there's a new Disney movie that comes out, Hasbro is just uh, taking that check straight to the bank. And that's what really made Mattel's newest CEO came in a couple of years ago say, listen, it's time that we start strategizing how we're licensing ourselves and how we're seeing outside of just the physical Barbie space. You know, they've, they've really done a great job of not only uh, making Barbies more like the average woman, uh, giving them her particular different jobs, uh, different races, different hair textures, different body types, flattening their her feet over the past couple of years. So there's really not much more that they can do on the physical Barbie side. 
And listen, Barbie is Mattel's jewel. It's a third of their annual sales. It brings in about $5 billion a year, which is actually down from somewhere closer to $8 billion in the past. And they really got crushed when Toys R Us closed, one of their biggest uh, selling links, you could say. And that's when they said, listen, we really got to strategize differently. We're watching these Transformer movies come out. We're watching the Lego just take over where they can. Where can we start to generate new content and gain from that content as well? Barbie has actually never started a theatrical release. So I guess you could kind of count Toy Story, but uh, I don't think that we're talking straight up up Barbie movie. This is the first one that they'd ever attempted. And, and it's been a couple of years, actually, in the making now. Uh, it's The script's been passed around. It hasn't been one of the, their favorite directors. And uh, they finally, of course, worked it out and got uh, stars on it and, and really worked the script uh, to, I think, not only attract the Barbie audience from the past, uh, so adults and, and older generations alike, but also newer generations as well. And from there, now this is where they really truly can make money is these licensing deals. Now, right now they have over 100 different partnerships uh, through merchandise. I mean, I was just on Instagram yesterday kind of scrolling through and it's like, I can't get more than three or four stories without some type of Barbie advertisement. Uh, that's not actually Barbie directly or Mattel directly, but a brand that's licensing it in order to add clothing. Uh, I mean, geez, Barbie pink clothes are all the rage as well. So uh, it is a it is a big gamble. And if we could bring up Mattel's stock really quick too, I, I want to show everyone exactly uh exactly the rise that we see see over the last month it's just been ticking upwards and people are making some big bets that that's going to continue to happen and i'll tell you why people are making these bets if we could bring up that last image as well their ip strategy listen barbie is not the only thing that's going to theaters and this is really cool so to break this down, and thank you to Bloomberg for this breakdown of future uh, movies we can expect from uh, Mattel as a whole. And some of this is actually really funny. So we got Masters of the Universe, which is already uh, in, a, in the works. Hot Wheels, J.J. Uh, Abrams Hot Wheels movie. It's going to be great. And it's a live action. So I'm excited for that one. As someone who has an American girl and bought a ton of clothing, excited to see that come into fruition. Barney, uh, duh. <laughs> I can't wait to see Barney in theaters. That, that's going to be a good one. Happy I've got some nieces or some kids to take with me for that. Magic 8-Ball, apparently, they're looking to make a movie off of that. Matchbox, they already have into the works. Uh, Major Matt Mason is going to be a big one. This one, they haven't actually even sold this doll for like over a decade so anything they make off of major Matson, which again tom hanks will be playing is going to be some extreme value for them polly pocket lena dunham's attached to that film it's already in the works rock and sock and robots vin diesel's attached to that money maker thomas and friends who doesn't love uh and no it's not thomas watson and friends this is the the trait thomas uh and friends uh this one's money uno actually has possibly little yachty attached to it it's supposed to be a heist movie uh based off the card game not sure how the script is gonna work on that one but uh fascinates me as much uh the viewmaster as well and then wishbone i was just thinking about wishbone the other day like 
duh. And this one's already in the works too with Universal Studios. Who doesn't love uh, a good old wishbone? And I think that's one too that it's going to be a whole almost reintroduction into the newest generation as well. So uh, watch out for these films. But those right there is why we're seeing that stock tick up. People are making some really great long-term bets. We just, I hope the movie doesn't bomb. That's the biggest thing. The movie can't bomb. I do have a fear that maybe the funniest scenes are in the trailer. It feels a little bit that way. But I mean, to have so many big actors attached to it and to have uh, backed the script, like I said, it's gone around a couple of times uh, to a couple of studios. Amy Schumer was supposed to be starring in it at one point and that, and that got reversed. It went from more of like a comedy, almost satire to the more of the uh, uh, female empowerment uh, type of movie it's supposed to be today. So we'll continue to watch this one. But if you're wondering if the stock is worth the buy, well, take all that information and you make your choice from that as well. But that's why you've seen that explode over the last couple of weeks too. I got some weird retail news for you too. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about Coca-Cola and how they were working on or sorry, no, not Coca-Cola, um, Heinz. There we go. Losing my mind. But that actually is a clue to what we're about to get into. Heinz is making their new uh, type of like customized ketchup, right? Uh, it'll be kind of like the Coca-Cola machines that you see in movie theaters where you can add like uh, more of a spicy buffalo sauce to your ketchup, uh, maybe more tangy barbecue. Uh, ranch is going to be another one in there as well. Uh, so we talked about that, I think, two or three episodes ago. Uh, well, as it, it looks like Pepsi is trying to get into the ketchup game, too, uh, they've recently created their cola chip. Uh, that's right. That's Pepsi-infused ketchup. And according to the senior director, they invented it to reinforce just how well lap dogs and Pepsi go together. And uh, I don't know on this one. I kind of I do like it. I would assume by the ingredients of what's in Pepsi and what's in ketchup, it would ultimately kind of taste like a really sweet barbecue sauce. Uh, I've made barbecue sauce before and actually a, a kind of a cherry cola barbecue sauce. So this kind of is what I assume it tastes like. But starting July 4th, you can actually get this in a number of different stadiums for your uh, dogs as well. Detroit Tiger Section 139, Minnesota Twins Section 113, Arizona Diamondbacks Section 130 and 131, and the New York Yankees Pepsi Lounge will be serving it as well. And uh, what is interesting about this too is that it's not Pepsi's first weird food matchup. Now, last year they did uh, the same not the same thing, but uh, same type of partnership with a local New York uh, pizza shop where they serve Pepsi Roni. Uh, that's right. Uh, pepperoni that tastes like Pepsi. Listen, I'll say this. I'll say this a uh, number of times. I'm a, co a Coca-Cola fan. I love uh, the, the original recipe, not the diet stuff, which we'll probably be talking about in the future here. The uh, possible... Uh, reformulizing of Diet Coke and uh, Pepsi in the future. But uh, I will say, I, I, I would try it. That always me to always try the food in, in my plate. And so if this, how, if this ketchup or cola chip, which also is like kind of rude to take cola chip, that should be Coca-Cola. Uh, if that gets in front of me, I'll taste it. I'll let you guys know. Um, not planning on going to a Detroit Tigers game soon, but hey, maybe we'll catch uh, the play with Cubs at some point and it'll get over there too. So if anyone out there's tasted, let me know. Is it good? Does it taste like barbecue? Because 
I, I think it's just going to taste like a barbecue sauce on top of your dog. Also, I'm going to fight this one and say, I prefer mustard on my dog. So, uh, ketchup, maybe mustard and onions, maybe some Coney sauce here in Michigan. Keep it moving forward. That That's how I feel. Now, those weird news uh, stories out of the way. Uh, let's talk about my favorite company. Yeah, yeah, you all know uh, it's Walmart. Now, I've talked about Walmart drivers in the past. I've met a handful of Walmart drivers, uh, men, women in particular. Never met one that ever wanted to quit there. Always want to retire. That's why I call them the Harvard of trucking. They're a great company. They treat their drivers well. And they have extremely great benefits, too. Uh, now, Walmart made some news this past week on the retail side. Uh, a really interesting Barron's article came out saying that Walmart is quietly growing into a retail tech titan. The stock is a buy. Yeah, long title there on that one. I'd love to see our editorial team take that one down, but uh, it's pretty clear what they're saying here, right? And we've talked about their retail technology in the past. I know there's a big episode where we dove into not only the tech that they're using, but uh, a lot of the investments in their technology that they've had as well. Uh, the article really focuses on their drone up, uh, their drone technology, especially when it comes to their, their biggest competitor, Amazon. And so I, I think it is fair to to say, hey, uh, Walmart is the giant that it's becoming. But I want to dive into more exactly where they're winning uh, and where they potentially could see even more um, uh, growth over time, too. Now, I will say this past year, their e-commerce revenue as a whole, uh, it drove over $70 billion for the company. Uh, I think that's absolutely incredible. We talk about, you know, who can compete with Amazon. Uh, this one is the one to do it. Um, we, we're going to talk mostly about the United States work and what they're doing here uh, domestically. Uh, internationally, they are becoming a behemoth as well. They've made some very interesting plays in Flipkart and in India uh, in China too. Uh, big investments uh, working into uh, WhatsApp. Uh, WeChat, uh, finding different ways, of course, to sell. Now, uh, I want to put this out there. Uh, the, the biggest right point for Walmart is to work on their omni-channel fulfillment. For those who say, okay, omni-channel fulfillment, like what does that actually mean, right? It's a pretty big buzzword. Omni-channel fulfillment means that you are selling, you are fulfilling the sales that you have in every every channel of sales possible and that the customer is getting the same service, you could say, uh, whether that is buying online, picking up in store, whether that's just in store, whether that is online shipping to their house, whether they're buying on Instagram, whether they're buying on Facebook, every single way that you purchase through Walmart, you have the same exact positive experience. And that is, that's really what we mean by omni-channel fulfillment. If we talk about in omni-channel fulfillment technology, it's the capabilities of bringing all of those different avenues together and having the same results. And oh, let me tell you, uh, Walmart is is working it. Now, uh, I will say, I will talk about physical stores. They actually are, uh, about 90% of Americans live within a few miles of a Walmart. That's huge in, in and of itself. Uh, so to even showcase that and to see that their e-commerce business grew from 23% from 2020 to 2022 uh, is even more powerful, right? That 
90% of us can just really drive to Walmart, some walk, but without even doing that, we'd have the same exact capability, that omni-channel experience, to purchase online, and we're all jumping on it. And a lot of it is because they do have some really great third-party sellers. So maybe those uh, different types of goods aren't in store, uh, but they are available at uh, through online purchase and can be shipped to a store near year. Now, uh, we call this specifically in the retail business, buy online, pick up in store, or BOPIS, B-O-P-I-S. So if you ever see that, no need to Google it now. Now you know what it means. And that's what I really, really do well. Uh, so to talk a little bit more about uh, th what they're working on today in order to increase their e-commerce experience, they're aiming for at least 65% of stores to be serviced by automation in the next three years, not only to make sure that they can get those BOPIS orders into stores faster, but also reduce costs as well. Uh, they are focused on right that buy online, pick up in store, and the micro-fulfillment centers. Uh, you might see Amazon is, has done this, right? Recently, I purchased something from Amazon, and it's really funny. It was actually like a liquor store that was the pickup location. Didn't hate it, but if I also didn't grow up near one of those, I probably would have been a little weirded out. But uh, being able to, of course, find those micro-fulfillment centers of those stores or different stores in order to drop these uh, our purchases off closer to us, but maybe not directly to our homes. They also are adding a number of white label technology services, uh, and that's specifically for more of the third party retailers, right? To be able to say, "Hey, you're gonna, uh, we're we're gonna sell your uh, goods through a white label service on our platform." That, of course, you can utilize to continue to grow your small business over time too. Uh, on top of that, a big part of what makes them so successful that others have really struggled with in the past is they're very focused on their demand forecasting and inventory management. They've made partnerships in the last couple of years with BrainCorp to really roll out more of the Sam's Club locations and their inventory. And those are using scanning robots to track inventory. They've also worked with ShipBob. I know that we've talked about ShipBob in the past year. I want to say they were a guest at one point too, but uh, ShipBob helps them track their marketplace, which is that third-party seller location, and the inventory of their third-party sellers as well. This is one area that Bed Bath & Beyond really got in trouble with, is that they had this marketplace for third-party sellers, but they had a terrible way of either, one, making sure that stuff was available when we went out the website, and two, getting those that bopus, right? Buying a third-party seller online and having the ability to pick it up in store. And so right now, actually, Walmart has captured over 25% of the bopus market in the U.S. alone. Uh, huge. And that's through partnerships with Adobe and Salesforce to create those white label services in order for small to medium retailers to maybe not always have the product in store, but when a purchase is, of course, made online, they're able to get it to the store within a day or two. Uh, automated distribution centers have been partnered uh, with Symbotic, uh, which was in 2022, uh, in a NAPS patent-pending five-step fulfillment process that they're now using in Walmart, which actually was a 12-step process, right? So already slashed more than half of that time uh, of their fulfillment process as a whole. And we talked about that 90% uh, population. Well, 95% of the U.S. population can receive a Walmart delivery now within either one or two days. So 
Uh, talk about competing with Amazon. I don't know if it gets better than that. On the micro-fulfillment side, so using their stores as micro-fulfillment centers, right, to get closer to those customers. So maybe they have more of the stock in the back. They're not putting this all on the shelf because they know it's going to be more delivered locally. Uh, they worked with an, a, a company called Alert Innovation in order to make sure that that stock is available. They've also partnered with groups called Domatic and Fabric in order to make sure that those configurations and the technology that's running that uh, micro-fulfillment center is top-notch. And then last but not least, but huge, and I think this is uh, where we start to see what Barron's was talking about, is their on-demand delivery performance. So they worked with Cruise Automation for autonomous delivery vehicles. Instacart offers same-day delivery from Walmart. Uh, we also see a number of uh, delivery vehicles being ordered by Walmart from either General Motors, Ford, Gaddick. Right? We all know Gaddick. If you've been to any Freeways event, you know Gaddick. Uh, and they are, for Gaddick, they're running um, driverless deliveries from warehouses to stores in a number of areas now in the South. Uh, Neuro, Argo AI, and Brake Dropper, a few others. And then they also are working on a partnership with Home Valet for refrigerated lockers for at-home delivery of groceries. So that's right. Walmart does have groceries too. You got to remember they got their hands in all of it. That's why they are competing so well with Amazon. And then last but not least, like I said in the Barron's article, a lot of the focus was on their drone up strategy. Amazon is really struggling when it comes to the drone uh, delivery process. They had a, in California uh, a nice operation going. They slashed all of that this previous year. Uh, but drone up is doing very well. And they've completed over 6,000 drone deliveries across seven states already this year alone. And they're also testing drone deliveries with other groups, including Zipline and Flytrex, all three of those companies we've reported on here at FreightWaves. So head over to ModernShipper.com or FreightWaves.com. You can get to the Modern Shipper content from there, too. And you can learn more about, I mean, a number of these companies. We got, of course, DroneUp, Zipline, Gaddick, uh, Canoe, Cruise, uh, a couple other ones on here too. Of course, Salesforce, they've been in our top uh, 100 freight tech in the past. Uh, ShipBob is another one. So go check out these guys. But uh, overall, when we talk about who can compete with Amazon, not only here domestically, but globally, I think Walmart is the choice to say. So again, got a lot of stock options we're talking about today. I am not your financial investor, uh, and I should not be. Uh, you Make sure you're reaching out to the right people for that advice. But if I had to say yes or no to Barrett's thoughts on whether or not Walmart is one to buy for the long term, I would say probably heck yes, to be honest with you. Of course, those are big news topics for the, uh, the day. Let me know if you guys end up going to uh, either the Barbie movie or end up purchasing any of the Barbie stuff or maybe even have a wonderful experience with some of the retail tech that we talk about on the show. Reach out to me. Let me know. G Sharky, S-H-A-R-K-E-Y at FreightWays.com. And I'd love to hear about your experiences. That's how I learn more about the retail technology available out there today. And of course, for everyone out there, uh, again, we are not just a uh, wonderful podcast, probably the best podcast you've, you've ever seen or heard. 
see. Uh, but we are a community. So go ahead and head to FreightWaves.com. At the top of the page, you'll see newsletters. Click on that. Uh, point of sale, of course, join ours. But there's a number of wonderful communities here at FreightWaves that I'd love to have you join too. So make sure you go through those and check those out too. Uh, head over to YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube page so that you know when we have new episodes showing up as well. Leave comments. Let us know. I, I go through all the comments, to be honest with you. I love the feedback. That's the only way that we make the show better. So let me know what you like, what topics you'd like to hear more about, what technology you'd like to hear more about, or even, again, just a really cool experience that you've seen as a purchaser that we should probably highlight here on the show. Again, that's on our YouTube page. Subscribe, like, so that we know exactly what content our audiences are enjoying. And then last but not least, I as well am on the radio every single day, Monday through Friday, on the Road Dog Trucking Channel 146 on Sirius XM. Uh, you can check it out 5 to 7. Apparently, I'm on the commercial, too, for the overall XM station. So that's kind of cool. If you hear me, make sure you pin in 146 and listen to the show. Uh, if you have the Sirius XM app, you can also listen to up to two weeks of episodes on demand. We cover everything from this type of stuff to driver info to international uh, global shipping, all of the above. Uh, this wonderful Wednesday, we'll actually have Thomas Watson on with me as we dive into uh, different indexes on Sonar that you can use to leverage uh, with your companies too. So go check that out and give me a call. Like, Give me a call. Even if uh, you just want to chat about something in particular, I, I will keep those lines open for you at 8888-ROAD-DOG or 8888-876-2336. Other than that, everyone, it's uh, Prime Day, day two. So make sure you guys out, are out there purchasing goods or else I won't have retail tech to talk about. Until then, I will talk to you all next week.